0: damn almost hit 15 seconds ladies and gentlemen welcome back to podcast room 303 episode 67 i'm your host jermaine Colon mendez this is my co-host nicholas morhan and we have with us intern e very much still intern e I just wanted to, before we started the podcast, I just wanted to wish a happy 18th birthday to the Toronto Maple Leafs. It has been 18 years now since the Toronto Maple Leafs have had a first round playoff win. If you're counting at home, that is 6,251 days since winning a playoff series. That is... 19,754 days since winning a cup. It's 464 games, or days, excuse me, since losing to an AHL Zamboni driver. It is zero days. Well, it was zero days. It's now... For all these stats, uh, plus or or minus three days. For all these stats. It's now three days since blowing a 3-1 series lead. And it is now 30 days until the Toronto Maple Leafs set the, set the record for the longest Stanley Cup drought in NHL history. So, so congratulations. A round of applause. Happy birthday. A round of applause. Happy, happy birthday. From,
1: from, from all, all of us, us to Cup. you.
0: <laughs> and many more from Channel 4. No, we're not just going to mix them all up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a, p- a pretty good episode for you, as always. It kicks off with trivia, then we'll move into some of the today's topics. We've got NBA fans going absolute bonkers. NHL, well, we already covered the, the Leafs, and we'll cover the draft odds and lottery results for the NHL as well. And then it's a heavy international football episode where we go heavily into discussing the Euros, and as always, standing in O, fight him and cut him. All right, Nick, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so like Jermaine said, our trivia question this week. So we have a kind of – well, what we thought was, when, when intern E first read it to us, a bonkers stat. But when we heard that there, where the players were in second, it didn't really turn uh, into a bonkers stat. So the first trivia question is – Kyler Seeger has been involved in how many no-hitters? This isn't high school. This isn't college. This isn't minor leagues. This is in the majors. How many no-hitters has Kyler – Kyler, Jesus, Kyle Seeger – can't talk today. Kyle Seeger been involved in? <laughs> That's such a great stat. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> such a great stat, dude. Like, <laughs> the slander we're putting on this man's name. Yeah. Kyle Seeger uh, plays for the Seattle Mariners currently, correct? He does. And he was the guy um, that The we, Seattle Mariners have been uh, no hit twice this year, by the way. So. Right. But the we find and cut the Seattle Mariners CEO or president. Do you remember that? Uh, a little bit, Cause, yeah. Because he made uh, <laughs> some of those racist comments about not learning how to speak English. Oh, right. Uh, yes. o- always having, and then he said Kyle, C- Kyle Seager is a great players, player, yeah. overpaid, but he's a great player. He made yeah. it to the good old boys club, and now yeah. we give him this stat. We're almost, we're almost <laughs> reinforcing we're almost, we're almost, his case. You know, we're almost talking out of our own ass. Speaking of talking about our, uh, out of our own ass, last week. Uh, We said that the Utah Jazz, who gave away a scholarship for every one of their 52 wins last week, that that had stopped. They gave out 52 scholarships to uh, basically underserved youth in the Salt Lake City community because of the 52 wins they had the regular season. The Jazz will actually continue that scholarship giveaway throughout the playoffs. So as many wins as the Jazz uh, get through the playoffs, they will continue giving out the scholarships for that that uh, amount of wins so that's actually that's actually a pretty cool error for us to make in in talking out of our ass yeah absolutely that's uh that's like a good talks out of our ass so with that being said are we doing any other trivia or are we just moving on let's move on all right so we'll move on to nba playoffs are in full effect. We covered them at Nauseam last episode. We've had a few series winners currently and the Brooklyn Nets and the um, Brooklyn Nets and Jesus, Milwaukee Bucks. There you go. Who will play, who will play each other? Exactly. They, a lot of people are calling this, and first of all, I'm not saying I'm one of those people, But there are a lot of people out there who are saying, due to the circumstances of other teams, Joel Embiid torn meniscus, right? Uh, Anthony Davis pulled groin, Chris Paul shoulder injury, Donovan Mitchell is now coming back healthy, but there are question marks there. They're saying that this matchup, this 2-3 matchup in the Eastern Conference is potentially an NBA Finals preview. Now, I'm not that person. I'm not going to sit here and defend or disagree with the merits, but an NBA is Finals preview, or the whoever wins this will be the NBA Finals winner. Yeah, who, whoever wins this okay. is going to win the finals. Yeah, right. so it's a preview. It's the uncrowned champ until they're crowned. So the winner, the winner is the winner. Exactly. It's like the Avs It's like the and the uh, Golden Knights series. Whoever wins that wins uh, the cup. Uh, yeah, we said that last year, which didn't pan out. Yeah, <laughs> so are sure. we, are we saying it again this year? Because the abs. Uh, looked... yeah, game one didn't look. Uh, <laughs> game one didn't look so hot for the Vegas Knights. Uh, looked great for the abs, though, until yeah. you know old buddy got hit in the head and pushed into the eyes. He had it coming, though. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think. He right, had it. So... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there was a number of incidents this last week week and a half of NBA hoops. Not only were we getting blowouts and an extremely alarming clip, which is not good for the product, but we had fans uh, released from their echo chambers, (laughs) um, rewarded with expensive alcohol to which they consumed copious amounts and then (laughs) shown the door with some defeats, right? So, Uh, We had a fan in Madison Square Garden spit on Trey Young. Banned indefinitely. We had a fan dump popcorn on Russell Westbrook as he was limping off with an ankle injury. Banned indefinitely. This is a fan in Philly. We had Ja Morant's parents racially abused while watching his son in Utah. Fans suspended indefinitely and, note, Utah Jazz owner has paid for their tickets, food, hotel, airfare to watch their son in game five in Utah, which is hoping it's a flex. So then we have um, a fan throwing a water ball at Kyrie Irving after Kyrie stomped on Lucky, the mascot of the Boston Celtics. Uh, he did not hit him, but he was arrested and charged with fel- with a felony, assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, and banned indefinitely. Then, last but not least, the Washington-Philadelphia series has turned out to be quite eventful as far as fan shenanigans. Uh, a fan ran onto the court during Game 4 of the series in Washington. Indefinite suspension possible. I, honestly, that one... I don't know if you should get an indefinite for that, but I guess we don't want to reward it. Anyways, I'm going to turn the floor over to you, Nick, and you can present your thoughts, ideas, or stance, or whatever you want to say. So <clears throat> I, I think that – so I'll, I'll address the Kyrie thing for a second. How are you going to give a felony to somebody when a water bottle didn't even hit him and like a half-full water bottle, right? I get it that this kid's an idiot, right? But this kid is this kid was 21 years old. You've just ruined his life. Because he got a little passionate at a sport event, sports event and threw a half full water bottle at Kyrie, not even hitting it, right? Kyrie, one of the biggest crybabies in the league right now, is probably heading up this charge because it's he probably thinks it's racially motivated or something like that. I will say that to say this point about all the other fan incidents. Especially with people now coming out of quarantine, in which we've now spent what is it, 15 months? 14 months now? 16. I think it's around 16. Okay, 16 months connected to these players virtually. We'll just talk about sports for a second, but really connected to everybody else virtually. It kind of dehumanizes the fact where now that we get into sports arenas and you see these basketball fans, they're reacting exactly like you would expect somebody who has been desensitized to human contact in 16 years acting. And then, like you said, you add alcohol into the mix, right? Which I don't know how much people have been drinking over the quarantine, right? They probably haven't been drinking the way they did. They get out. You know, you get the, you get the adrenaline. You get the enthusiasm. And you probably drink a little bit more and your tolerance is lower. And then you think that, like, you've been sitting in your house screaming at the TV for 16 months. Well, now I'm out in public. Now I can scream at the TV, except the TV isn't isn't the TV anymore. It's real basketball players. We even saw a rise in this this fan kind of interaction before. I know Russell Westbrook has been the target of like multiple uh, fans. I believe yeah, like, one m- one incident specifically in Utah. So I, I was about I was about, to, I was about to say Utah is really Utah gets a Utah not did not gets a pass, but Utah has been a kind of hotbed for this, this fan, this negative fan interaction with players. There was another one where I believe he got double birded in Madison Square Garden as well. <laughs> That's New York and Boston, though. I mean, I, you kind of expect to see that. But I, I really think shitty that this is – people do shitty things. This is a product of – People have been sitting in their house for 16 months and they've been yelling at the TV. You get outside, you add in the live environment of the playoffs, the adrenaline of the playoffs. These, these people identifying with the teams. Look, I love my I love my, uh, my sports teams. My mood is affected by when my sports teams lose. If the Panthers lose, if the Rockies lose, if the Avs lose, I know for you, Jermaine, if the Bulls lose, if the Blackhawks lose, if the Cubs lose, your mood is affected by that. But we are able to separate ourselves from, I, Nick Morahan, you, JC Mendez, can separate ourselves and say, we are not the Cubs. <laughs> a slight against the Cubs organization or a slight against the Avs organization is not a slight against Nick or Jermaine. That's, that's not, and we, and we shouldn't take it upon ourselves to enforce that slight. That's, that's why in every sport, some form of an enforcer exists, right? I'm not talking enforcer in hockey when you can go up and punch somebody in the face. But that's why in every sport, some sort of an enforcer exists that can handle these issues. Yeah. I like mean, Kyrie stepping on the logo. That, that will be handled, in, in not now, but some sometime down the road by Boston Celtics players. Yeah. So anecdotally, right? Everyone's played basketball, you know, for the most part. A lot of people have played pickup ball or some organized ball of some sort, right? And it was always like, well, but yeah. It was always like, if you got hit, right, you didn't respond by getting up and hit him, right? (laughs) Your team picks you up, and then you're like, hey, next time you come down, run him towards me. I'm going to hit a screen on him and let him know what's up right? The players are the ones who get even for those slides. It's, it's, it's supposed to be handled between the players. Um, and so I don't support any of these incidences. I, I don't understand what people's problem is. Just because you paid your money to be there does not give you the right to act like it's your parents' home. And in fact, if this was your parents' home, Ain't no way in hell you're launching a water bottle at another person because your no. mom is coming out the room with a chancla about to hit you upside well, the head. Well, I, I think it's not like – I don't think it's your parents' home, right? Because you normally act right in your parents' home, or you should. I think it's like just because you pay a ticket it, that doesn't entitle you to be a part of what's going on at the court. That's the key word, Physic- Enti- entitled. Physically a part of what's going on on the court. You can be there and you can support the players – We've seen, we've seen lots of games change and, and we don't have a stat on how many games have been impacted either with fans or without fans. We've talked about it at length in the EPL and the NFL over the COVID about how many games have been impacted because there's no fans there. But just because you're back doesn't mean that you can impact your... There's, there's no... For me, for these fan interactions, Like before you think about it, there's no positive way this can go. Like if you hit Kyrie in the, in the side of the head and you like put him out for the series, like w- what do you expect to have happen? Like everyone's going to cheer you in the garden. Yeah. Like, be- like, like, like everyone's going to be like, yay, we won the series because that one douche knocked out Kyrie Irving with a water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have – I have one friend who said that um, like people of the city were going to celebrate these people. You know, almost make them like celebrities and stuff. I don't, ex- I don't actually agree with that stance. I think it's going to be the, quite the opposite. You almost become a pariah because you've impacted your fan base negatively. Right, so now everyone thinks that hey, Nick fans are like this, Philly fans are like this, even though Eric is. I've seen him throw water bottles at me all the time. (laughs) He's the worst that Philly has to offer. City of Brotherly Love, my ass. (laughs) City of Dump Popcorn on Your Head. He has that tatted. Seriously, but you know, so now everyone's gonna take these negatively. But what what's what needs to happen is people need to understand that hey, we're in public again. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, don't it just because you're out and COVID's gone, not gone, but you know, co- COVID's no, we beat it. We beat <laughs> we, it. We won. It's like the war on we drugs, beat, right? We beat, it. we beat it with live <laughs> sports events. It's like the war on drugs, testing and live sports events and vaccines. We beat COVID. And so I just, it's, I think KD said it best. And this is a little foreshadowing to uh, later on in standing O, but. Uh, Kevin Durant's like, you know, players are people too. And despite Kyrie being a goon, and I'm not giving him a pass because Kyrie is constantly stirring the pot, <laughs> almost intentionally flagrant Constant goonism. With, with the city of Boston, right? And I think Kyrie is terrific. I understand that he has a lot of empathy and he thinks a lot all the time where it's almost negligible to his own like mental health. But like you stomp on a logo, something's going to happen. So I'm not excusing him and Kevin Garnett called him out best. Like we're all just acting like he didn't do that. He did, but he sh- the 21-year-old shouldn't have thrown the bottle, but we also shouldn't have felony charge this kid for throwing a water bottle. If we're making an example out of him you know, I, I don't know if that scapegoat mentality or that theory is actually going to work. I think the indefinite suspension is enough because the dude had a Kevin Garnett jersey on. So he's clearly been a diehard Boston Celtics fan. And if someone told me, hey, you're never, ever going to be able to see your team live, is pretty crazy. Yeah. So, I, with that being said, for all those listening, PSA that I felt like never should be said, but. Enjoy the environment, friendly banter, witty banter. Use my favorite insult Hey, ref, get off your knees. You're blowing the game and move on. There's no need. Certainly, kick back a few drinks. Like, we're not saying don't drink at sporting events, but realize that everyone is people, and especially in today's day and age where there's a heightened sense of right and wrong, you know, where people stand on that. Have a sense of accountability and understand that this isn't how you should be acting or portraying yourself. With that being said, we'll move into the next topic. Damian Lillard is a killer and the greatest NBA player of all time. True or false? Yeah, yeah you're not going to find any arguments for me. He's the greatest NBA player of all time. That's <laughs> next moving on. We don't want E's Man. opinion. He's the greatest, he's the greatest player of all time. Next. All right, but in all seriousness, he's not. But we're talking he, about. His- are you taking work calls during the podcast? Yeah, he has to. Are you? He's- are you? This is your work. That job that you have is just that's that's filler money. I guess I shouldn't have given him the day off on Monday, huh? Jeez, no. Hey, thank me for my service, e Huh? Talk during my podcast. It's gone. All right, Jermaine. His. I guess move on without our intern. It's gone to his head. Anyways, he dropped 55 points in a playoff game, playoff loss last night to the Denver Nuggets in a double <laughs> overtime, which is most likely going to go down as the game of the season. Not only that, Damian Lillard broke the playoff record for most three-pointers made in a game with 12, surpassing Clay Thompson, who hit 11 with the Golden State Warriors. Not only that, Dame Lillard's the only person in NBA history to have a game with 50 points Fifty plus points, ten plus assists, and ten plus three point shots made, regular season or playoff, ever. Finito, greatest of all time. It's been said here. Honestly, he had fifty five points on twenty one shots. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's. My, I always thought like I harp on efficiency. Like if you put up eighty one points on like fifty six shots, I'm like, yo, he put up eighty one points, but I'm also like. Yo, dog. <laughs> yo, that's yo, that's, yeah. hella, that's hella inefficient. <laughs> that's hella inefficient, dog. You know, this dude is damn near. What is that? Like a p- one point four points per sh- shot attempt. What? What did you say he had? He had fifty five on twenty one. Fifty five on twenty one. That's like one point four, I believe. Dog, that's two point six. Two point. Oh yeah, that's obviously. <laughs> dog, um, he had two point six obviously. points on every shot attempt. I meant to say two point four. Much- I was just dead wrong. How much does a, uh, how much does a uh, basket count inside the uh, three-point arc, Jermaine? Two points. Oh, okay. So he was averaging more than a normal basketball shot yeah. per point. Than a regular field goal attempt, he was averaging more. Like, that's the kind of crazy game he put on. And he lost because CJ McCollum stepped out of bounds. And Robert Cummington, in the final 12 minutes of this game, missed a putback wide open dunk and another pass where Dame dropped a bounce pass to him as he's sprinting down the lane and he missed another dunk. Two dunks. An NBA professional player who is 6'9", wide open, barely any contests on the second one. The first one, there was no contest. He just missed it. Two dunks. Best player ever. Anyways, moving on. Go ahead and take us through the NHL uh, draft uh, results, Nicholas Chachahan. Well, so you you may know that the Buffalo Sabers we've covered it at length in this podcast <laughs> this year. They're awful. <laughs> they're, they're just not good at at um, hockey. <laughs> I mean, it, it is it, it it is a it is a sh- it is a shame that they have. Uh, that uh, they have that that they have uh, attended in the National Hockey League, um, they actually uh, got a thirty34 and seven record uh, this last year, which put their lottery lottery oh, Jesus Christ their lottery odds. I cannot talk. Hold At on, six, take a time out. Take a time out. The course <laughs> the course banquets kicking in, ladies ref, and gentlemen. Right, twenty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Hey, you remember that trivia? That not trivia necessarily, but remember when we talked about the eight teams having more points? Than yeah, double. The they literally the, they victory lapped in the two week period. They had more points than the mm-hmm. Sabers had all season. Yeah. <laughs> All so, right. so Buffalo had the best chance at the lottery at 16.6%. It's also the first time that a team with the best odds has won the first pick since 2018, which I love how ESPN sticks these little stats in there, which aren't really stats. Because you're like, oh, so it was three years ago that this happened? Like, that's not like an eon of time. Yeah, um, but it's also the Buffalo Sabres were the 2018. <laughs> <laughs> that's the funny thing is that in 2018, it was also the Buffalo Sabres. Uh the second draft pick was the Seattle Kraken they had the third best odds uh the same odds as Vegas when they selected as a uh expansion team in 2017. Yes, the Kraken were were uh our pick second, Vegas picked 6 in the 2017 draft. Oh uh, okay. Anaheim who had the second best odds, they picked third. The rest of the top 10 I'll give them to you in order. The New Jersey Devils, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the uh, team that shall not be named, the San Jose Sharks, the Los Angeles Kings, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Ottawa Senators. You really got a feel for the Ottawa Senators organization, by the way. They just can't um, catch a break, dude. So he, the team that can't be named is the Detroit Red Wings, for those of you out, mm-hmm. uh, his mortal enemies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Arizona Coyotes, also out of note, uh, took place in the lottery but were ineligible to win it. Because they forfeited their first round pick because of violations of the combine testing policy during the 2019 2020 season. Get the uh, fuck out of <laughs> here. Are we serious? Yeah, that's I. How did we not? How did we not cover that? I don't know. That should be fined and cut though. Yeah. So <laughs> screw but you, it. Let's Arizona. actually let's actually give E a task. E, can you get us what happened with the Arizona Coyotes and the combine that they violated? Like his like his, you can his, give us some details his eyes have not left the sixers game uh of note really this uh, they're, up, they're up eleven now, and he's still like super he's sweating I could see it his hat is his hat dripping this uh this this draft obviously doesn't have uh it's not a good clear, draft at all clear top number one prospects like the last two, obviously Jack Hughes in two thousand nineteen and uh Alexis Lafonnieelle. In 2020, um, there's a couple of people at the top. Obviously, a couple of uh, U.S. players from university or from the from Michigan. Uh, Jack Hughes' brother, Luke Hughes, actually is a top pros- prospect, and then a couple of uh, Swedish hockey league players. Dude, that brother comment made me think about the <laughs> the, the video he sent us. Oh the, bra- the the Sutter family the Sutter <laughs> six brothers in in the league at the same time in the 80s mm-hmm. all six of them had sons <laughs> right here's the crazy part they all had to have boys and then all of those boys made the pros that's you think that's they all a- got together you think they all got together and they're like hey <laughs> they're like I we're th- gonna we're gonna do this. I like to. I like to think that all the boys were all conceived in an orgy. <laughs> <It's a> no, <laughs> so nobody knows what center boy actually belongs to the center <laughs> father. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty good. <laughs> oh, oh man! So after he, after a hearing was conducted on August sixth, in which testimonial was testimony was provided by members of the Coyotes organization and the NHL. The organization acknowledged that it had violated the policy by conducting physical testing on 2020 draft-eligible players prior to the combine. The league announced August 26th of 2020, August 26th of 2019, that the club would have to forfeit draft picks. Multiple draft picks or just one draft pick? Uh, They had already forfeited a second-round draft pick, but now they forfeited a first-round draft pick as well when they admitted guilt because they didn't have Johnny Cochran as their lawyer. Deny, 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 counter accuse deny. Why would you acknowledge that? (laughs) You'd be like, I didn't do it. (laughs) If they didn't have proof, like, what's going on? That's like telling the officer, like, yes, that was me. Yes, I vandalized the Hollywood sign. I did it, yeah. So, uh, he just added, under the ruling by Gary Bettman, the worst commissioner in professional sports, the Coyotes no, forfeited no, their, no. their second-round pick in 2020. Hold on, you can get to that in a second. Their second-round pick in 2020 and their first-round pick in 2021. Um, as per the NHL, while the Combine test- testing policy memorandum uh, Jesus, excuse me. Reference references a fine of no less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars for each violation. Gary Bettman was quoted as saying, "I excuse my discretion to impose the aforementioned discipline, which I consider to be more appropriate given the specific circumstances of this case." So Gary decided that a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine was not good enough and took away two. Draft picks for an ailing Coyotes organization. You hate to see it as a Coyotes fan. Yeah, that's pretty bad. You know what's funny is that's a very Roger Goodell rule. Like, hey, we have we have this document of how we're supposed to punish players, but you know what, Zeke, I don't see anything on here that you're part of on this list. Six games. Hey, Terrell. (laughs) Hey, Terrell Pryor. Remember when you got tattoos in college? Yeah, banned for six games. Banned. <laughs> so dude, Gary batman had like a bad time in a hotel in Arizona. What would you guys do to it <laughs> Yeah, dude, the co- the coyotes didn't give him Skybox. It's what the it was. Guy, yeah, they, no, the coyotes He's... gave him Skybox, but they didn't get his order right. They cooked the steak medium <laughs> instead of medium rare. <laughs> they they kept they kept giving him Jack and sprites instead of Jack and cokes. Oh yo, my god! Yo, Oof, the Knicks yeah. Hawks are about to hit each other in the face. This is hopefully now really, to awesome. the palace. This is awesome. Anyways, also Philadelphia is looking like they're about to end this. Uh, put the Wizards out of their misery. So ease fist pumping and dancing the night away over there as he continues to remain quiet. So we'll, well move will, on I, to the NCAA. I, 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 yeah. Okay. Good. I was so I, I will cover this as a as a known Duke hater. Okay. Uh, hold, on, hold on. I just want to pause you real quick. Yeah. yeah please. Uh, Eric is also a resident Duke hater because he is UNC Tar Heel. No, he's not. Well, you know what? You know what, Eric? I don't want to fault you. You're the typical UNC fan. Ah, That's what I always say. You didn't attend the school and you bought your UNC gear at Walmart. So, you know what? Welcome to the UNC. Welcome (laughs) to the UNC club. The UNC starter pack. Oh. (laughs) The UNC, he just commented because he doesn't know how to speak. A UNC fan with a job. So you just buried your own fan. I What? What? A, okay. So you have a job. So you're like the what? 1%? Is it fun to be the 1% now? Nah, it's making fun of you. You no job having ass trained on uh, the economy. Not true. not true. I still have a job. Thank you for my service until <laughs> July 31st. Did you just thank you for my service? Like, who's mad? Someone come get that Thank me for my service? You bunch of degenerates. You didn't even support me on Memorial Day. Coach K is having his farewell tour this last year. Him and Duke agreed that this will be his final year. John Shire. Narcissist. Is is named as the uh, coach in waiting. John Shire. Here's my question for you. Where does John Shire rank as white guys who've been to Duke? <laughs> dude, he <laughs> has to be number one, dude. No way, dude. No way. J.J. Reddick, Christian Laettner, No, Mason have you, Plumley. Have you seen his spiked haircut that belongs in the early 2000s? Dude, J.J. Reddick Shai- had frosted tips. You
1: John Shire.
0: <laughs> no, th- th- the photo I'm talking about is the photo of John Shire today. Like, this is it. Oh, John Shire has frosted tips today. John Shire has like spiked out little front tips that was like cool in the two thousands because every boy rocked that. He still has that haircut. Like John, John Shire is man. So you're saying he, John Shire just, doesn't? He just just for my benefit, can you Google top Duke white basketball players of all time? Thank you. He it does. Has- not- he does not salt his meat. That's how white John Shire is. <laughs> he doesn't salt. No, he does. No, he does. He aggressively salts his meat. No, he, he aggressively us He salts. doesn't He doesn't pepper his meat cuz it's too spicy. <laughs> That's how white he is. Jermaine, give me, give me five white Duke basketball players. JJ Redick, Christian mm-hmm. Leitner, you name okay. both of those. Yeah. John Shire. Okay. I, I? To get, I gave you another one, Mason Plumley. You can't use the other Plumley brothers. <laughs> Every Plumley. <laughs> there's there, 17 there's of them. There's, there's five right there's there. there. There's five right there's there. There's 17 of them it's you can't Mason use Plumlee. other Plumleys. Oh man. I keep trying to think of the point guard that played with Christian Leitner, and I can't think of his name. <laughs> and that's the <laughs> that's only thing. The- Bobby so he, Hurley. So, so from so Bobby from, Hurley, he so coaches from, ASU. There it is. That's who I was looking for. So from Intern E, in a in a internet fan poll, twelve of the mo- twelve of the fifteen most hated Duke players are white. Now, if that's not some racism right there, I don't know what is. <laughs> is Kyrie one of those fifteen that are hated? <laughs> Kyrie is not one of the most hated Duke players. No, nah, I only played like six games for him. Is oh, this Grant is a one of the most hated? This is a Bleacher Report article.
1: Grant, Grant Hill has Hale to be.
0: He has to be. Is Shane Battier one of the most hated ones? Who the fuck is oh, Eric is- Meek? <laughs> Eric Meek, Mark Allery, Who are Brian, these people? Brian Davis, Shavlik Randolph. I remember him. I haven't him. heard, that I haven't team heard was actually- any of these people. <laughs> Shavlik Randolph was a... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> has uh, primarily his haters are at NC State. <laughs> oh well, well that's a swing in the miss, I guess. Steve Washiawski here, we'll here we'll we'll cover top five. We'll cover top, Shane five. We'll, we'll oh, cover Shane top five. Grant Hill. Jay Billis. J. Billis sucks so bad. <laughs> uh, Chris Collins, who's Chris Collins? Uh JJ Reddick. and number one JJ Redick. us skip one. Oh, Christian Leitner. Yeah, Christian Lady number three, Chris Cons uh, number two. You know what, and, dude? I did not know Danny Ferry played for Duke. I'm surprised Carlos Boozer is not on this list. Um, I'm shocked Jay Will is not on this list. Very true. Yeah, Jay Will is so annoying. <laughs> I, just I, don't something actually, to... I don't actually hate Jay, Jay Billis. I just wanted to say he sucks because I forgot about him. <laughs> I Jay Will. Every time he talks, I want to slap him. And it's not because he's saying anything wrong or it's unintelligible. His, like, voice and demeanor, I don't know. It's just like, I'm just like, shut up. (laughs) You made a good point, but stop talking. Shut up. Did Did you know that Quinn Snyder, the Utah Jazz head coach, played for Duke? I did not know. I did not know that either. Well, good for him. Yeah, JJ JJ Reddick is still my favorite Duke player of all time. I actually love JJ Redick, so I don't know how people hate him. Like I, I think JJ Reddick's awesome. So back to the so so back to the original comment on the NCAA. Oh, that's a good point. E, where is Grayson Allen on this list? It's this list was made before it. You can tell but, by but, the names. But Grayson, we forgot about Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen sucks. <laughs> This list was made in 2011. We haven't had anything from the last oh 10 God. years. E. Like that's why I was. He said uh, what? Well, I'm watching the Sixers game. Yeah, even what? Though old, oh, even though it's oh. over. It, why did you oh. hit me with the mafia? <laughs> you hit me with the mafia for you, you hit me with the Italian finger. I tell oh. people, I tell people I'm French, but my mother told me I'm Italian because oh. I love a pasta. <laughs> Speaking of French people. We'll get into the Euros here in a second. Let's cover some international soccer first, though. Hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Before we move in, it looks. Like we're, let's see what this new article says. If wow. it doesn't have a 2020 Check date, I source. don't want it. Check the source on it. 2018. It is... Okay. I've sure. never heard of Medium.com, but that's a terrible source. Would you? Would you like to read these names on the most hated Dukies of all time? yeah i got you bobby by the hurley. way the thumbnail on this website the 10 most hated dookies of all time is all white dudes <laughs> it's the top three maybe it's three white dudes sweeping it bobby hurley number 10 chris collins number nine john shire number eight shane battier number seven yeah everyone hated shane battier <laughs> stanny ferry number six steve wachowski number five Greg Paulus, <laughs> number four. <laughs> I don't, I remember this kid. That's why I'm laughing. Grayson Allen, number three. Look at all sad in his photo. JJ Reddick, number two. And of course, the infamous, never good in the NBA, Christian Leitner, number one. Yeah, it's got to be him. It had like the other list said JJ Reddick was number one. That That's some recency bias. Everyone hated Chris. There's a documentary called <laughs> "Everyone Hates Christian Leitner." Like, like, what are they doing? Number one was a layup. Like, come on, guys. Anyways, yeah. we've been a little sidetracked. Coach K's retiring. He's a narcissist. He's having a farewell tour. He thinks he's Kobe Bryant of the coaching world, but nobody loves him like that. He's more Paul Pierce. Fuck him. Thank you for not changing with the game, you stubborn old man. You are a terrific coach, a hell of a person, and you've made some terrific human beings, despite me calling you and all those other horrible things. Our main topic is here, international football. For those of you who were living under a rock last week, we had two of the major European competitions go off, club competitions go off without relative hitch. After 200-plus games in both events, we have officially crowned our champions. And three of them were trying to break away for a Super League. So you take with that what you want. (laughs) So the UCL final... Actually, we'll start with the Europa League final. The Europa League final was a matchup of Villarreal versus Manchester United. Villarreal outlasted Man U and a whopping scoreline of one to one with penalties equaling 11 to 10. That's right. Every single player on the side shot a fucking penalty because these goalies were horrendous. It was it- the, I, I don't remember what this, I don't remember what the year and the stat was, but it was the first time since like the late 70s that a team in a cup final has converted all 11 penalties. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know the winner, that team was not Manchester United. Fuck you, David De Gea. <laughs> Thank you for your terrific service. We're selling you for pennies on the dollar. Good riddance, yeah, bum. David De Gea ignored notes on three separate occasions. The notes that are pre-written based on film study that are given to you by coaches and discussed in meetings leading up to the championship game. He said, Nah, fuck that. I'm going with my gut. And guess where those three players hit those shots? Was it to the side that the notes said? It was to the side that the notes said. Manchester United created the most what those old scouts know anyway. Yeah, we do analytics here. They Manchester United created the most opportunities, dominated the ball, was clearly the better team on the pitch, but that's why soccer is a beautiful fucking game. 11 players working cohesively as a unit to prevent the other team to get the job done. Congratulations, Villarreal, on winning the Europa title this year. Fuck you, Manchester United. You don't fucking deserve it. Uh, and I don't actually agree with this, but fuck you, Glazers. Sell the team. <laughs> it's the coldest take of all time. Uh, in, in the other final, the UEFA Champions League final, uh, Chelsea beat Man City. If you would have tuned in to my unreleased version of bets from the room, we would have won you a lot of money. However, I didn't release it, so I hopefully won a lot of money following my bets that I didn't release. Uh, Chelsea beat Man City uh, 1-0. Jermaine, do you remember a first-time finalist in the Champions League or European Cup has not won since 1992, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah. So this is also the third year that a first-time finalist uh, has made it to the Champions League. Man City this year, PSG the year before, and Tottenham the year before that. All invited to the Super League. These teams all together have scored zero goals and they have been outscored four to zero. However, wow. there is good there is good news that comes from this. If you are a U.S. soccer fan, you were basically guaranteed a first-time US men's national team Champions League winner. Zach Stefan plays on Man City, Christian Pulisic plays on Chelsea. However, Christian Pulisic got subbed in uh, I think it was around like the 65th minute. I don't know the exact minute, but Christian Pulisic subbed in yeah, I was going to say 68th. 60, it was 67th 60, on the marker. Si- yeah. 67th minute. Thank you, E. Uh, Christian Pulisic was subbed in. He's the first U.S. men's national team player to ever play in a Champions League final. And soon we'll have a team of them playing in there. That's That's a joke. Nah, I don't I don't know, man. Have you seen? have you seen just the constant news? Like the players that have won chips this year, Gio Reyna, Timothy Way, you know, uh, Zach Stefan, Pulisic, uh Jesus, who's the other American that plays on Dortmund? There's uh Chris Richards plays for Bayern, like nah. <laughs> Tyler Adams plays for RB Leipzig, like the American talent, what they're 2026 fi- World Cup, right? We predicted it in one of the yeah. early episodes. 2026 World Cup. In 2018, I, I looked at Nick before the World Cup started. I told him France is winning this year. I told him England is winning in 2022. So if you want to get your way too early bet in, you can. Despite E being the homer that I love him to be, the absolute bias that he has. That's why we keep him to a non-speaking role most times. Mm-hmm. he thinks france will win again just like he thinks france will win the next competition we'll discuss impossible but in 2026 geared to an event that is going to be played on north american soil oh boys the boys are going to be buzzing oh dude so i've already i've already told everyone who will listen i'm going to catch one game in on every continent not continent every country it's one continent. That's why I said North America. Yeah, I've read a book, ladies and gentlemen. Don't one, get on one name. <laughs> yeah, every country. So I'm planning to start in Mexico, but I actually kind of want to do outrageous. Like take a month off, road trip from Mexico to America to Canada, and just make it the most outlandish road trip, and we'll vlog it, or uh, as uh, some I, of the old, old people like to say, <sighs> vlog. I am going to declare right now that this will not be a germane thing, but at that point, maybe, maybe intern E will have moved to like executive producer or producer E. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. And we will take the whole podcast room 303 crew on the road to the World Cup. Uh, I mean, you guys are welcome to come. Well, well, I'm I'm coming with you as co-host. Maybe we maybe we leave E behind in the studio to, to feed us updates. Yeah, he'll be he'll be our our guy in the chair, bro. That's right. Yeah. He'll so let's, be, let's, let's 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 talk about he, he, one final one final piece of international football, Jermaine. Uh, well, I had a few topics on here. Real, well, real quick, real quick, answer these three questions. Okay. Very easy to do. Okay. Messi staying or leaving? Staying. Ronaldo staying or leaving? Staying. Uh, all right. Mbappe R- staying R- 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 or leaving? Ronaldo wins to, wants to to win a champs League before he leaves. Mbappe staying or leaving? Uh probably staying, because PSG is going to pay him out the out out the butt with money. All right, so I agree with one of those three, but let's move on. You agree uh, with – you? You here, I can, I've i known you for long enough that I know you agree with Messi, but only because no club can pay his transfer fee. No, Messi – so uh, common misconception, uh, Messi is a free agent after this year. <laughs> you think people can pay his contract? Well, I mean, I think he's probably <laughs> demanding outrageous <laughs> rates. <laughs> it's not what we were discussing. You said transfer fee. I said he's a free agent. True, true. Yeah, and this is exactly... Like, he is right. Barca's bankrupt. How are they? <laughs> they can't even pay <laughs> it. That's what I, I agree. But Messi is actively negotiating a contract to stay there, um, and that's why I don't think he's leaving. Ronaldo, uh, he's out the door. He's already said thank you to everyone, and Mbappe has turned down multiple lucrative contract offers. They've actually negotiated with him before they negotiated with Neymar. I think Mbappe wants to leave and test his might somewhere else, because he's probably pretty upset that he isn't the best player in the world because currently he's not. One thing I think Mbappe does have going for him though, is that he can play just about every position, which is, which is crazy from someone uh, that talented. You rarely see a kid like that be that good at every position. (laughs) But with that being said, we'll go ahead and let uh, Nick drive us to where we're going. Take it away. All right, so so I'll, I'll give one last piece of, of maybe maybe something that got overlooked. You know, People like to talk about the Europa game. They like to talk about the Champions League final. Brentford FC won the richest game in soccer. So there's a championship coming from the championship. You like how I did that? It's a professional podcasting. So the championship is played in England's second league. It's basically it basically guarantees so the winner of the championship and the second place team, I believe, uh, are guaranteed spots in the. Uh, then they, you have to pay you have to play a playoff to get entrance into the Premier League. Brentford FC won that game. They're promoted to the EPL for the first time in history. It's their first top flight English soccer since 1949, which for you mathem- mathematicians out there is 74 years ago. So congratulations to Brentford FC. Uh, I'll congratulate him for playing in the championship in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't uh, sound I, like a Premier League team, right? It does not it does not and it's not they're probably going to get relegated this year which is so funny about it but yeah i will say this is one of my favorite sports games of the year right it's like army versus navy this richest game in soccer and if i had to really think about it i'm sure i can create another one but those <laughs> like the thing is it's like it's not that well army versus navy is the teams involved but it's it's almost like not what it's about there's like no real like reward for winning it it's just about the pure love of the game and that's like the best part about this so (laughs) nick is uh nick is losing his mind about another bet he's (laughs) he's gonna miss because he's good at that but congrats to brentford fc all right you want to move on to euro topics nick yeah, so we'll, we'll cover real quick in this episode what the groups are, who we think is going to come out of well, – well, we'll cover who the groups are, what we think the group of death is. I want to do a more in-depth review next week before the Euros start, Jermaine, if that's okay with you. No, we it's actually, not. No, it's we, not. Okay, well, next week we're going to do a more in-depth <laughs> review where we actually have betting favorites. We give our bet picks. We take a look at uh, prop bets to help you guys out. Oh, uh, so, for those of you listening, I just want the record to show that I did not consent, and Nick is forcing me. Okay, <laughs> it is a non-consensual <laughs> European podcast. <laughs> so we got uh, we got Group A. There's two countries. Uh, it'll be in Rome, or there's two cities. It'll be Rome and Baku. Uh, the uh, countries in Group A: Turkey, Italy, Wales, and Switzerland. Wales after and a. a deplorable job against France the other day in a friendly. Group B is going to be played in Copenhagen and St. Petersburg with Denmark, Finland, Belgium, and Russia being part of that group. Group C being played in Amsterdam and Bucharest, uh, the Netherlands, Ukraine, Austria, and North Macedonia being in that group. Group D being played in London and Glasgow, England, Croatia, Scotland, and the Czech, the the Czech Republic. I don't know why I always try to say Czechoslovakia. Talking about them, I wasn't even alive when Czechoslovakia was a country. It's such a fun word to say, though. Yeah, the Czech Republic. They'll round out. They'll round out Group D. Uh, group E will be played in uh, two cities: Sevilla and Saint Petersburg, as well. There's two. There's two. Saint Petersburg hosts host two groups. E. Are you sure about that? there might be two there might be two different saint petersburgs okay so that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's yeah it's different cities like one's in russia and then there's another one somewhere else like that's that's pretty. that's really confusing i think saint petersburg is hungary and russia if i'm not mistaken so in in group e then spain sweden poland and uh Slovakia. Jesus, that word kicked my ass in there. Group F will be played in uh, Munich and uh, Budapest with Hungary, Portugal, who are the current holders of the Euro, France, and Germany. I'll say it right off the bat. group The group that I just named is the group of death. Hungary, Portugal, France, and Germany. That's the group of death. Can we just talk about how all these other groups are fucking... like The obvious winners are coming out of all those other groups. And then Group F, you're like, holy fuck, they couldn't balance these out. Like, well, Denmark, well Den- maybe not. Den- all right, so De- let's on, a- wait, wait, wait. Denmark, Finland, Belgium, Russia. Okay. Like, I said, all the other groups. E, I just said all the other groups. <laughs> like, how are you going to ask me about Group F when I was saying Group F is so outlandish that? All right, you're well, gonna- let's let let let's go down the list. So Group A, fight me, dog. So, Group A, Italy and Switzerland. <laughs> yes. Group A, Italy. Italy and Switzerland. Group B, Belgium and Russia. Right. Group C, uh, the Netherlands, obviously. But then who takes the second spot? I'm going to Austria. Okay. I would agree with that. Group D, uh, Croatia wins the group. England finishes second. I'm, I'm oh. joking. England, England wins the group. Croatia advances. No, Scotland. You Just think kidding. So. Bro. Just kidding bro, just okay, kidding. I was like, all right. Uh, group E: Spain and Sweden. Yeah, that one. Okay. So this is the only other one you could debate. Maybe Poland. Maybe. So then, Group F. It's got to be France and Portugal. I have no faith in the German national team you're this group of germans uh, is awful they look they look feminine like, wow. <laughs> like they look boo ass you can just say it like i need killers bro and they they look like they're they're not interested in in winning one-on-one matchups. They're like, whatever, I'm good enough to play for the German national team. I think that's how they carry themselves. Doug, they're riding on Daddy's coattails. They're riding on Klosa, Bollock, Mula, Neuer. They're riding on the coattails of the of the World Cup team. Yeah, 100%. You're gonna you're gonna be in a bad spot for a bit, dude. I'm gonna be in a b- rotten mood in the Euros. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> yeah. I know how the Euros is gonna go, and I'm still gonna be in a rotten mood. You were uh, already. You. The best part is, is you've already been in a rotten mood. It's not like you're gonna. I, you're. You're I'm already so, upset about the Euros. I'm so angry that Germany is plus six hundred to win the Euros. I wish I could bet Germany to be eliminated in the Euros. Plus six hundred. Plus six hundred. Yeah, that seems fucking generous. Yeah, is very, is very, generous. Is not. They're the third best odds to yeah. win the Euros. Third best odd to win in this Euros. group. Yes. <laughs> of note, the top two teams in each group advance, and then you take the four best third place teams to go through. There's no guarantee Germany's one of those four. Though. There's no. There's absolutely no guarantee. They can. They can get one point in this group. They should only get one point after losing to uh, Macedonia. I, I really I really hope that, that loss. I really hope breaking that breaking loss... news breaking news, Philadelphia 76ers have just clinched the first round playoff win. So they've already done better than last season. Anyways, let's go back to soccer. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't think that there's any guarantee that they get any of them. And Bradley Bill got thirty two points. You've got to be kidding me. Um, there, there's no guarantee that Germany gets out of this, this group. There's no guarantee that Germany is one of the four best teams in this group. I could see I could see Wales, mm, Czech Republic, Poland. I mean, it, it has to be Germany, right? Denmark. Ah maybe. I would I mean, say. If, I mean, I would I mean, say. If they, if they, if Germany does not make this in the new format, they have to, they have to, just like exterminate most of the national team. Didn't you just have a coaching change as well? Yeah the Bayern, the Bayern Munich the former Bayern Munich coach Hansi Flick took over for uh, Joachim. Oh, no, yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Um, oh, how did I forget the German, the German national team Joachim Low. Thank you, Yokim Low. Thank you. Uh, the Hans Slick is that in the Kama Sutra? Yes or no? Hansi Flick, probably. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's the Hans. It's the Hans Free Flick. <laughs> <laughs> it is. All right. So, as Nick said, uh, I guess next week all of a sudden we're covering Euro twenty twenty in in twenty twenty one. That's not my plan, but I guess that's what we're doing. We're moving on to standing O, and. As earlier reported by me, Kevin Durant's message to the fans. I mean, it was just a it was just a grown adult speaking to other grown adults, you know, better. <laughs> uh, and he was pragmatic with it and he cursed and he didn't keep it. You know, he didn't censor your little ears from the world because that's what we try to do for everyone now. And he just let you know, like, come on. Act right. Be better. And welcome back. I just so. I, 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 I don't. I don't really like. I don't understand how Kevin Durant like has either the best or the worst takes on social media. Like he either has the like you're either like you're praising him or you're like what do you do like with his burner accounts and it's like ghost accounts. Yeah, I mean, if you were going to defend yourself, just do it with your own name. No doubt, that's a bad look. Like, yeah, people are out there saying stupid stuff all the time. Like we just said, Dame Lillard is the best basketball player he's the ever. best basketball player of all time i'll <laughs> like, fight anyone that says like head. like come on like preserve the moment much like you know so he just needs he doesn't understand it but what i do think is that ke- since the burner account situation like kevin durant has just been like fuck it and he's been one of the realest dudes in the league and i know that chaps a lot of people's asses because they don't like him joining the Warriors despite LeBron and Chris Paul approving the large salary cap jump. They don't like him uh, using the burner accounts, you know, that call him cupcake and all this other stuff. But all he does is go out there and snatch motherfuckers, soul, souls and make it look easy. So I don't know. I'm pro Kevin Durant. Do I think him joining the Warriors was bitch made? Yes, but I don't think it's any different than LeBron joining the heat. So and then the next one, <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have been watching this Utah Jazz Memphis Grizzlies series, but Donovan Mitchell is working back from entry, right? He missed about uh, 36 days, I believe it was, maybe 36, 41 days straight before he came back for game two. The Utah Jazz dropped game one and proceeded to win the next three. But this entire series, Mike Conley has been Absolutely brutalizing the backcourt of the Memphis Grizzlies. And that's his ex-team. He spent like eight or nine years there playing big-time playoff ball with them and carrying the Memphis Grizzlies to being a more one of the more respected teams that consistently makes the playoffs. Yeah, they don't win, but you know, you're you if you don't have Kobe or LeBron or Tim Duncan or Shaq. You know, or Kawhi or Steph Curry, the last like 20 years. You did you probably didn't win a chip. (laughs) So there's a lot of teams that didn't win. I just love it because he's on the court and he's shit talking Dylan Brooks, who's an absolute savage now. Like he's actually grown his game, he's playing super great. John Morant is a filthy ball player. I hate his fans, they're the worst, but he's a terrific ball player. And he's out there just trash-talking these young bucks, dropping 20 and 10 on them, like constantly. I think he's averaging 10 assists for the series. Like, he's absolutely balling. So I just wanted to give Mike Conley some praise for that because last year we ripped Mike Conley apart in the bubble. (laughs) <laughs> like Mike, yeah, he was Conley, a bum. He was a bum in the bubble. <laughs> he was a bum. He was the reason Utah sucked in the playoffs. And now Mike Conley healthy back for the year. So I just you know I like to present that that even kill dichotomy. Like if I call the spade a spade, I'm gonna call another spade a spade. Mike Conley's absolutely balling right now. So props to him. Uh, you want to take? Oh, well, you probably don't know about this. I do. Yeah. So so Zed so is Zadon. When he got relieved from his, uh, well, he he stepped down. I guess it's probably a conversation with the board that that Jesus Christy, e um, that we have. Uh, he stepped down, uh, and his letter to Real Madrid fans. It's a long letter. You can look it up online. Just literally search Zidane's open letter to fans. Right. I want to read you a passage from it because it's 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 really a comment on the current state of international football. He says in it right now, things are different. I'm leaving because I feel the club no longer has faith in me. I need nor the support to build something in the medium or long term. I understand football and I know the demands of a club like real Madrid. I know when you don't win, you have to leave. But with this very important thing has been forgotten. Everything I built day to day has been forgotten. When I built to my relationships with the players, with the 150 people who work with and around the team. I'm a natural-born winner, and I'm here to win trophies. But even more important than this are the people, their feelings, life itself, and I have the sensation that these things have not been taken into account and that there has been a failure to understand these things also and also to keep the dynamics of a great club going. So I'm kind of divided on this, Jermaine, and I know you are too. So I'll let you 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 let me have the first take earlier. I'll let you have the first reaction to this to this Zadon's video. Uh, I love everything that he said. You know, so I mean, as always, you know, this is where a lot of people fail to realize in any situation. Questions are ever rarely as simple as yes or no, true or false. Multiple choice. You know what I mean? It's never that. They are complex and intricate in nature. And one solution will always neglect a part of those results. But at the core of what he's saying is completely accurate. I mean, we look, I'm a Manchester United fan, right? And F- Jose Mourinho came coached us for a year and people were calling for his head two and a half years in, I was calling for his head. That's not enough time to build anything successful, right? It's not like it's never enough time anywhere. He he's barely had maybe one transfer window and then he's out. And then you have the next guy come in, right? So I'll use Manchester United again. They brought in Gunnar Olesokasar and since he's been there the dude's been on the hot seat the, i don't and i don't understand why he turned manchester united around he got us the fourth seed yeah we didn't win a trophy but he got us the fourth seed qualified us for the champions league we had some injury luck and weren't playing well at the beginning of the the sh- real shortened off when we came back in we got eliminated early but then he Everyone says that he's doing terrible, and every time you check the standings, Manchester United sit in second. The problem is, right, and and it's pretty funny that the problem is, is if you don't win a trophy, you're not successful. And it's it's hysterical that people say that when the teams that are judged based off that standard wanted to form one team to go for one trophy. So that means there's only one club that would win that trophy now. And, and that's exactly what's happening. So that's what, he's, that's what he's speaking to. He's speaking to the culture, the climate of how everything interconnects and what it actually takes to be an organization. What Nick did not say in this, which is another reason why I did agree with this, is Zidane did not like all the leaks to the media and the reports and the fact that if – so he lost a big game and if he didn't win the next game Zidane is out that man won 3 straight Champions League trophies a dominance that we've never seen before you know what I mean granted he had cruz he had benzema he had bale he had ronaldo um you know marcelo Varane, cruz Carvajal. yeah i said cruz i must i might have said cruz Cause I'm Hispanic, <laughs> but I mean, it's still t- like, it does not matter how much talent a team's ha- team has. Look at the Oh three Lakers, Carmel Malone, Gary Payton, Derek Fisher, Kobe Bryant, and Shaq didn't win a fucking title. And you're going to tell me that talent dictates all. No, it does not. It took a lot from Zidane to get that group to play correctly. And I just feel like coaches aren't afforded that. And the reason why it's it's even more paramount now, like Frank Sari got hired by Chelsea and they were like, look at sorry ball, sorry ball. That lasted nine months. That lasted nine months before everyone soured on him and then they fired him. They replaced him with Thomas Tuchel, who took him to the Champions League, right? PSG, PSG fired Thomas Tuchel sucked in all play, won no trophies. Pochettino goes to PSG. Now he wants to leave to go back to Tottenham, who they fired him to bring in Mourinho, and they just fired him and have buyer's remorse and want to bring back Poch. Carlo Ancelotti got fired, went to Everton. Guess where he's at? He's back at the club where they didn't give him any time to build or work for something with Juventus like what he's saying is exactly playing out in the media. And that's why I thought it was a beautifully written open letter. And do I think Zidane's a little bit of a narcissist? Sure. You know what I mean? Do I think he's afforded every opportunity? Absolutely. But at the root, at the heart of what he's saying, I believed everything he was saying, but I went on long enough. You got it, Nick. Well, I mean, we've had, we, we've had what we've had one, the, the ultimate trophy in Europe is the Champions League, right? You can win your domestic league, whatever. Bayern's won the domestic league for, you know, I think eight years running now, maybe nine years running now. Champions League is the ultimate trophy. There has been one team to win a Champions League trophy back-to-back, and that was Real Madrid. It, it, it just... It, you, you These clubs have to understand... Just like I, I mean, I mean, it it is the the American sports media and and the American coaching carousel is a microcosm of, of this European thing. Look what the Browns have done with their head coaches. If you don't give someone the time to develop an organization, now if you buy the players that like, if you buy the players that fit his quote unquote system, and those players don't perform and he gets two to three transfer windows, like like a college coach, then it is his fault. Then he can't – he doesn't really know what his system is or he can't get the best players. But there are 10, 15, 20 teams competing for these players every year. And they're going to – basically, the player is going to go with Not always the best money offer, but maybe the best club that fits what he wants to see, like what he sees from the outside. So it's unfair to give a guy like Zidane, who has had in his first couple of years with Real, pretty unmitigated success throughout La Liga. I mean, You would like to think of it. Has he beat Barcelona? Has he won La Liga? Has he shown that Real Madrid, while bankrupt, like we already mentioned, can still compete with top-flight European teams? And he's shown that. It took Pep Guardiola four years of reaching the the quarterfinals and the semifinals with Bayern before Bayern fired him because Bayern knew what type of coach he was. Now, Bayern did fire Carlo Ancelotti six months into his tour because he just wasn't performing. A lot of that stuff happens in European soccer. But people in European soccer need to be afforded a little bit more bandwidth because these teams don't win as much as – like, I know you expect Chelsea. I know you expect Real Madrid. But every team goes through dips. Every team goes through valleys. The Bayern Munich of the 1990s was not a good team. Like The late 1990s was an awful team. Now they're back and they've won nine Street Bundesliga because they believed in coaches. They believed in a system of, of practice. If you're constantly turning over guys with new ideas and new practices, you're not going to be a good club, organization, sports team in general. Yeah, I, and I think he he's... Close enough to the heart of it that he hit everything, right? He was he was very poignant with everything he was saying. And uh, I don't know. I hope people take note. I don't believe they will. I mean, the transfer cost of the transfer window is out of control. Chelsea spent 250 million euros, right? Not American dollars in one window, right? And it directly correlates to UCL but if they don't deliver in the premier league next year he's going to be he's going to be fucked you know what i mean like if tukel doesn't perform in premier league next year people are going to be calling for his head despite just winning a champions league so I, I don't know i i love international soccer but as with any sport there are things that don't necessarily narrate or navigate themselves the way they should. But with that being said, we spent enough time on this. It's a great open letter. If you guys have the chance or want to, you should go take a look at it. If you're big fans of soccer, we recommend it. But we'll move on to the final piece for standing O. I just want to touch base on a first-time PGA Tour qualifier, Michael Visaki, right? Justin Thomas uh, saw a viral video regarding this guy, reached out to him, with encouragement, you know, spoke with him, created, opened up dialogue, created a friendship, and gave him some money so that way he could be more successful because he understands the, you know, trials and tribulations of of playing on the PGA circuit. You know, what I mean, it's not easy. I mean, if anyone's ever played golf, they understand that it's probably one of the hardest sports because it's you versus you, and uh, with everything that's coming out with Naomi Osaka. With Kevin Love, with DeMar DeRozan about mental health and the fortitude that it takes these athletes and what they're afforded, I think you can have some appreciation to understanding that having that helping hand and, you know, understanding that performing at that high level at every moment is very taxing on an individual physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually which is what I believe are like the four key components of, an, of a human being that fabricates the soul. But with that being said, shout out Justin Thomas. Shout out Mike Conley for balling. Shout out to Don for calling it how it is. And Kevin Durant for letting the fans know to you know compose themselves. So we'll wrap up standing. I'll move on to fight him and cut him. Uh, Nick, you want to take the first one? Yeah, so this one is this one is a pretty is a pretty ridiculous one. It has to do with uh, Braves <laughs> Braves outfitter Marcelo Zuna. So Marcelo Zuna obviously acquired from the Cardinals when when the Car- or acquired from the Marlins, excuse me, when the Marlins basically uh, dumped shop and then he was signed by the Braves from the Cardinals. Uh, He was arrested Saturday and charged with felony assault after he choked his wife and threw him threw her against a wall. Uh, As uh, according to Sandy Springs, Georgia police who said they witnessed the incident, by the way, for and cut him. It's never good when the police witness you doing something that is illegal. That's, that's normally not very good. Uh, The police charged Ozuna, uh, with aggravated assault by strangulation, a felony that carries a minimum of three years and a maximum of 20 years in prison and misdemeanor battery. Uh, M- Go. Oh, I was just going to add to that, that uh, his wife um, said that he threatened her life, that he was going to kill her. That's correct. MOB said that they will launch an investigation that could result in a significant suspension And furthermore, the Braves uh, will attempt to convert his four-year, sixty-five million-dollar contract into non-guaranteed. Yeah, I feel like the Braves should have a pretty, pretty easy leg to stand on here. Um, What a despicable act, bro! I just, I. I can't get behind a dude putting putting his th- hands on a woman. I mean, I think we talk about it. I mean, we, we have fun with Feynman cut him, but I think when when these incidents come up, you know, you talk about the Seah- the, the the Seahawks offensive guard, uh, you talk about a bunch of people and it's just kind of like, you know, the, these kind of things you don't really have. You you're like you don't I have never done it. You've never done it. Never thought about doing it. It's just not something that normal people do. Yeah, th- this is indicative to a flaw in the individual. Yes. You know, is it a correctable flaw? Maybe. Probably not. (laughs) Maybe. You know, I I don't want to be that person who says there's no second chances, but also I'm a, I'm pragmatic in nature and. You know, I hate to be that fucking old lady that tells their daughter, but once a, once a Peter, always a Peter, you know? And so honestly, I wish these leagues would take a better stance on this, right? If proven guilty, right, with factual evidence, not just circumstantial or hearsay. And police observation. Right, <laughs> yeah, and police observation. <laughs> um, get him out of there. If Pete Rose is banned indefinitely. For maybe gambling. For maybe gambling on his team to win. Mm-hmm. This dude needs to be out of there. They need to understand that playing baseball, playing football, playing basketball, playing insert sport here is a fucking privilege. It is a child's game. You get paid millions of dollars to play to entertain people at a prohibitive cost to those individuals. So... Be about it or don't be about it. Stop moral grandstanding when the spotlight is on you. Be moral through and through. If not, then fucking let him keep playing right now. I don't want this in-between ground. That's what fucking drives me nuts. So you know what? Impromptu MLB, welcome here. Find him and cut him as well. Again, yeah, a, okay. a, a permanent spot, pretty much. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I, I mean, you you literally have to like say at this point, like, when is the MLB as league wide going to enact these things in their contract? That's a little blurb, and it shouldn't piss anybody off. And if it does, it's like, well, why are you pissed off at this little blurb? <laughs> if you, you if you commit domestic if you commit domestic violence or any sort of felony, your contract's voided. No non-guarantee, no nothing like that. You're voided. You don't get paid millions of dollars to play a child's game because you threw a woman against a wall and you beat the shit out of her. Instantaneous action is what needs to happen you're done you're going to jail congratulations you're no longer an athlete you're now a you're now a member of the population yeah following the innocent until proven guilty right because there are occasionally false claims not often but there are occasionally false claims so following the premise that the u.s constitution right my pocket constitution carrying ass is saying right innocent until proven guilty if he's guilty as fuck Get that motherfucker out of there. He should never play again. And he should not be able to go perform in another sport. Mm-hmm. Like Greg fucking Hardy bothers me to this fucking day. And the only reason why I accept him being in the UFC is because I'm hoping somebody hits him in the fucking face and sleeps. Because that's what he deserves for the fucking bullshit that he pulled. But we won't get par- pulled into that. We'll move on to the Kyrie and Boston situation that I covered earlier. Kyrie and Boston are in this situation, right? Because of the toxic relationship the two have, because of Boston's um, unflattering history as a city, right? It's it's a 1% of the 99%, but that 1% is very, very prevalent in these situations, right? It's one of the reasons why I personally don't feel comfortable in Boston and why I'll never visit Fenway again, as great a park as it is. I've seen it. Derek Jeter hit a home run over the green monster and the Yankees won. And you know what? Suck my dick, Boston. Now I don't have to go back. <laughs> but to both you, I love how people could sit there and say, hey, you got to act like adults, right? That's what KD told fans. Is KD telling the same thing to Kyrie? And then in, in Boston, be accountable. Hold yourself accountable. For Christ's sakes, the, that's what the world needs. Everyone needs to hold themselves accountable. Be better. If you messed up, you messed up, but be better. Hold yourself accountable, and don't say "but he." Just be better. So both of them are here, uh, and Nick, if you want to do, you can do the last two. The last. Do you know? Two. Do you know about the second, the next one? Uh, out. So I'll I'll do I'll do the the NFL and their and their race norming. Because this one is just, I mean, this one is bonkers to its core. <laughs> so there was, there was something released uh, earlier that the NFL was going to reverse a clause <laughs> in its uh, CTE testing, right? The NFL was going to release a clause, right? Very noble of them, that in CTE testing, the NFL found a mistake in it. This mistake was that in CTE testing, African-Americans start from a lower cognitive level than other players in the NFL. The NFL now, in their infinite wisdom in 2021, was going to stop this practice So, uh, I mean, like, let's give a round of applause to the (laughs) NFL in 2021 for stopping a CTE practice that sets African Americans at a lower cognitive level. (laughs) Good for you, NFL. You've made a difference. You've repealed a Jim Crow esque law. It's so, it's so disgusting to like read and hear out loud. It's, it's, it's one of those things that like people who don't embarrass easily or don't get uncomfortable in situations get uncomfortable hearing because it's like how the fuck was this a thing? A hundred percent. Like how the f- you know you know what the crazy part of this is? It's a one billion dollar settlement. It's a one. Billion for those Gee. who not like grasping what I'm saying. It is a one billion dollar settlement that the NFL has with this brain injury case, right? With CTE and Will Smith and concussion, the movie with the doctor who discovered CTE and talked about how football is car crashes. Yeah, it's one billion dollars, and just quietly the NFL previously assumed black players had a lower cognitive function. Like what is going on? Yeah, I did. I, th- I, I, so I don't. This I, was I just, when- I, I just don't. I, I, I don't know. This is not like we. I, I don't know how someone on the Internet did not find this a while ago. This is something that is like we, we, you know, that the, the girl from the office, the other day was accused of being in the KKK because of something <laughs> she because of some ball she attended when she was 19 and got crowned like the princess of the veiled robe or some crap like that. But yet we are still OK with watching an organization every year that is like, you know what, it's time in 2021 that we reverse this, that, that, that we don't agree. Uh, do we all agree that African Americans are not at a lower cognitive ability than the rest of us? Should we reverse that, guys? Should we do that, <laughs> dude? It was the uh, the veiled robe ball, I believe it was. Yeah, but but still, it's like you know, the NFL owners got together and said, "Hey, should we all agree that uh, African Americans are on a lower cognitive ability?" Okay, everybody's good with that. Oh wait, it's not nineteen forty. And you want to know what the sick reason why they 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 instituted that policy or whatever is to have lower payouts for for black <laughs> men who claim CTE. Racism is alive or well. You just got to read in the lines, I guess. And what's so crazy is that this isn't the first time I heard about race norming. But I felt that when I read about it last time and it was reported last time, it was kind of definitively said like NFL no longer participates in that practice. <laughs> and <laughs> for me to find out today that the NFL is today deciding to end race norming practices in twenty 20- job NFL fucking twenty-one. Um, Eat your fucking heart out, you miserable fucking scumbag human beings. Money perverts the mind and the soul and it blows my mind. How could you be comfortable with that in any situation? Like what has to happen to you as an individual to be okay with that? Yeah, I have no idea. God, it's like yeah. I start off jovial about this situation because I try to make light of the situation and poke fun of how reality is just a fucking clown show. But this is 32 of the most influential and powerful men in the United States today that have helped enact this law, uh-huh. guided by the influential and aid of probably several hundred other people they helped create to just be a cog in this machine and just fuck people over. Yep. At the behest of what? The almighty dollar that's failing every time you look around? Gas is at record highs. Lumber is at record highs. Groceries at record highs. corns at record highs. The dollar doesn't have the value it has anymore, and that's the fucking dick they suck. It's not the individual next to you. It's not the sanctity of life. I mean, I think I, th- I think we knew that anymore. But let's move on. Because then Jermaine's going to start ranting about grain prices in Central Europe. If we're not careful. Yeah. We're going we're, we're to get, get a good old-fashioned Germaine rant at, the, at an hour 30 into the podcast. Hey, read a book. The world is different <laughs> besides the Kim Kardashians <laughs> ending their show. Nobody fucking cares about that. Anyways, yeah. let's move on to the trivia question. At the beginning of the podcast, Nick asked you guys Kyle Seager has been involved in how many no-hitters? <laughs> the number the number is just com- comical. He's only been in the league. I don't think he's been in the league for over a decade. I'll hold on. Yeah. But the answer is 9. 9 no-hitters. I know that you think no-hitters are frequent based on the way they're being popped out this year, but they're not. Nine is a lot. Kyle, Kyle Seeger, by the way, debuted in 2011. So in his 11 years in the league, he's been involved in nine, nine <laughs> no-hitters. <laughs> he's on a blistering pace, ladies and gentlemen. Second place is a tie between Reggie Jackson and Felipe Alou with eight. Which who kind all, of like Go ahead. Who who, who all had uh, long careers.
1: Right. Very like,
0: long careers. Cool. At least fifteen to twenty year careers. So yes. congratulations, Kyle Seeger. So take a bow. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's the end of this episode. Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to episode sixty seven, podcast room three to three. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Like, follow, comment, subscribe, download all that stuff. We're gaining new fans by the day. Maybe we don't even know. Thank you for tuning in uh, to episode 67. We all appreciate you. For those of you who give comments, we appreciate you even more. Jermaine, what do you got for the people? I don't have a ton. Thank you for listening. This one was a little long winded, there was lots to cover, and uh. You know, sorry for getting passionate at the end, but at, for J- Jermaine, Nick, and E, we'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room.